Hello and welcome to this week's Two Pinter with me, Jono. And me, Gaz. Uh, we're two friends who love debating all things sport uh, and we've got quite a packed lineup this week. But if you want to uh, find us on social media, we're on Facebook and Twitter at Pinter2. Um, so, yeah, please send in any barmaid questions you have. Um, and with regards to the regular that we tried out last week, uh, thanks for all your feedback. Uh, do appreciate the sound quality was a little bit low. It was uh, We were trying to put it together and just see how it went. Um, but yeah, we'll appreciate the feedback and we'll uh, have a look at it next time for sure and try and make sure the uh, sound quality is good. But if you do want to be a regular and appear, uh, like we say, get in touch via either of those platforms or if you're lucky enough to have one of uh, mine or Gareth's number, uh, get in touch that way. Uh, but there's only one place to start this week, Gareth. Man City, roll on the title parade. A narrow 1-0 win at Burnley. Just two games to go, Gareth. Have the Liverpool uh, Premiership teams come crashing to the ground. Can City be stopped? Um, <laughs> yeah, disappointing. Uh, I, I did say that I thought uh, Burnley would perhaps be the place where they, uh, they did come up unstuck. Um, and although it was uh, a dodgy decision by uh, the referee's watch, um, I think yeah, they, to say they didn't deserve it would be, uh, would be harsh. <laughs> I think they, uh, they battered Burnley, really, didn't they? Burnley just managed to get bodies in the way. At one point, me was flying across the ground, running and making blocks. And uh, yeah. Oh, that block off the line was superb, wasn't it? Um, very, very impressive. I thought I was thinking I was going to give you the title. I was going to, yeah, hate Stephen Me for even more, but fortunately <laughs> not. Um, yeah, they're, they're looking very good, aren't they? And um, yeah, Leicester at home, who did uh, give Arsenal quite the battering. Um, but yeah, City with Leicester at home and then Brighton away, who. Brighton look like they're struggling in League One at the moment, don't they? Um, yeah. Yeah, looks looks a struggle. Uh, good performance from your boys, though, which you can catch uh, on our uh, sister podcast. Uh, oh, nice what? link. Nice link. Nice plug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sport on tap. Uh, Gareth was down at uh, Anfield on Friday and uh, produced a lovely few minutes of live action if you want to listen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it's looking all city, isn't it? Um, which, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not all bad for your season. I saw Virgil van Dijk got PFA Player of the Year. Do you think he's a, a fair winner? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think to be fair, either him or Sterling would have been would have been fair winners. I thought um, I thought Sterling might have just just got it just because of the timing. It's in March, isn't it? The players cast the vote, or the end of February, the players cast the votes. Um, I think Sterling was in a particular purple patch at that point. Um, I actually think Sterling will probably get the Writers Award because uh, they'll kind of. Um, Applaud his work not only on the pitch but also off the pitch of the, the whole racism issues. And I think in general he's been supporting a, um, I don't know, was it a 13 year old lad with uh, with some uh, disability made quite public as well. Uh, so I think he'll probably get the writers uh, and fair play to him. Uh, I think him and he, he, uh, he has got the writers. Oh, there we go. Then. Got it. <laughs> so yeah, uh, not nice prediction there, Gareth. Uh, <laughs> when did the writers happen then? Was that yesterday as well? Uh, I saw a news story about it today with the uh, the female head of the Right Association talking, so it might have been today. Ah, well, uh, <laughs> hot news off the press then, uh, quite yes, literally. Uh, um, yeah, okay, well, fair play. I think that's I think that's probably deserved. Uh, I do think Van Dyke is is uh, has been. I think Van Dyke's been better, but only because, and not because I'm a Liverpool fan, <laughs> but only because um, I think you take Van Dyke out of the team, although. The defenders around him have improved. Uh, I think Liverpool would be far short of where they are where they are now. Uh, if you take Sterling out of the team, it would certainly impact City. Um, but City have got players to come in. I mean, Sané's 
barely featured, does he? And there's Mares somewhere in the wings, and yeah, I just I think Van Dijk's a bigger impact. Um, but whether that's taken into consideration or not, I don't know. But yeah, I, I would say Virgil probably just just about the edge there. Would you agree with Virgil? No, I'll go for Sterling. And to just to come back on uh, your previous, as not because I because I hate Liverpool, um, <laughs> but just come back on your previous point is uh, is Van Dijk not just uh, just a you know, uh, taking the success of having a good keeper behind him finally, and really, Van Dyke's an Allison puppet who just does what he says, and really, it's Allison who should be celebrated, not Van Dyke, or celebrated far more than he has been. Um, I would, uh, I can see your point, except for the fact that Allison's been the the, the dodgy one of the two. <laughs> I think uh, I know Van Dyke gave that penalty away against City at the, in the last minute, um, which uh, thankfully Mara's put over the bar. But other than that, Van Dyke, I can't really remember him. Um, not saying putting a foot wrong, but not making any huge blunders. Uh, whereas Allison's been been quality for us and a, and a real, um, yeah, a massive step up from Mingle, uh, surprisingly. Um, but he has had his moments. Again, Leicester away, uh, he uh, he cost us a goal there, and uh, he, he has a couple of times this season he's just tried to be a little bit too casual, maybe with with uh, with playing out from the back. But don't get me wrong, they've both been both been fantastic. But uh, I think Virgil's. Probably the first name on the team sheet. Oh no, no. I'm uh, not, not saying he hasn't been better than uh, Allison, but it's, it's easy for him to be better now. He's got a very solid kick behind him, knowing that if he uh, he can be quite confident on the ball and can bring it out, because Allison makes up where uh, he, he's a very good keeper. He doesn't let much past him, really. But then so, you, can, you can say the same about Sterling, except tenfold. Well, you, Sterling's got ten players around him that are all very, very good. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about Zinchenko yesterday, but um, oh, no, Zinchenko, yeah, got... the, the fourth choice fullback, because <laughs> the others have been injured. But <laughs> yeah, but Sterling's been for a litany of left backs this season, and still uh, managed to produce just just quality and quality. And um, no, but Van Dijk's been very good. But I think Sterling just yeah, his um, his goal scoring assist numbers and just yeah, just he always has been a menace just without much end product, and now he's a menace with end product, and he, yeah, he's just a constant threat. You, you need to double up. He he can float. Off the wings, he come through the centre now and, and and be effective there. Um, yeah, I think seventeen goals, ten assists. Um, that's that's getting on for contribution nearly, nearly every game, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's absolutely quality, and um, yeah, let's hope he can start taking that form into uh, an England tournament now. Because yeah, <laughs> against Van Dijk. Like, yeah, if he can form like that in the Nations League, we might uh, you know be world champions, as it were. Yeah, I say he's got to come against Van Dyke, doesn't he? But it, but you, you say about um, Sterling having a lit. What do you say, a litany? That was a bit vague word. Uh, I don't even know what it means, but Thank it sounds you. like it sounds like a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what it means. <laughs> uh, a fullback. So Van Dyke's had, I think, five, four or five centre back pairings of uh, partnerships this season. Um, so I'd argue it's a bigger impact than uh, than having your fullback behind you. Um, Matip. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he seems to be quite sort of matted recently, doesn't it? Although they play Lovren at the weekend. Yeah, gave Lovren again. I, I don't think he was necessarily dropping Matip because uh, Matip has been better. What I was surprised about though is um, he put Lovren in, which I can understand. I mean, if Van Dyke or Matip gets injured, you need somebody who's, who's kind of up to pace. Um, but Gomez has been coming back, and I would have, yeah, I'd have loved to have seen Gomez start with uh, with Van Dyke again. Uh, they, were, they were brilliant between them at the start of the season, so. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd probably prefer Gomez playing, but uh, well, I'm not the one that makes the manager uh, makes the decisions. That's the manager, and uh, and Gomez came on a bit later anyway. But well, you say you're not uh, the manager, Gareth, but that's a nice little segue. Uh, you are up in another big game yet again. 
away at Camp New on Wednesday. Yeah, we are. Uh, would you uh, would you would you throw Gomez into that fire? And and what what, what else generally would you see? Is uh, is Firmino going to be back for it? He was obviously out Friday. Uh, how do you see? How do you see you set? Do you think you'll go the same old clock way? Do you think he'll try and hold you back a bit more? Is it going to be high press and try and nick an away goal or two? And um, yeah, have, have it the tie in your hands going back to Anfield. Yeah, well, I think um, you've hit a couple of nails on heads there. Um, I think uh, I think he will do the high press. I think we'll we will push certainly for the first half an hour. I think we'll kind of fly at Barca um, and just try and get try and get an away goal. Uh, that's what he did against when we had the last season. We played a lot of our away fixtures first in the Champions League. This season, most of them have been at home first. Um, so we sort of changed tactics when he's been at home first. We tend to have been a bit more solid. Uh, think about against Munich. Um, Porto was perhaps a little bit different because uh, we put five past Porto last season. But but yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think he will um, attack Barca early. And in terms of team, I would keep the same. I'd keep Matip um, full back, uh, centre back. Um, I wouldn't bring in Gomez, and I wouldn't bring in uh, Lovren just because. Although both, uh, well, particularly Lovren was good on on uh, on Friday. Like you say, Matip has been playing in form. It's the, the same back four that are tried and tested, and have been pretty good this season, uh, or this certainly the last couple of months. So I'd keep them in with Firmino. It's talk that it was only a knock, and he's back for for Wednesday. He was knocking training uh, late last week, and he's he's back for Wednesday. So, yeah, I, I'd be I, I'll put very good money that uh, Daniel Sturridge won't be uh, won't be starting. Um, unfortunately, I think he's uh, he's probably probably too tired now for uh, for uh, uh, well uh, doing a job at, a, at the top end of the Premier League. Uh, never mind uh, top end of the champion uh, Champions League. Um, so uh, so yeah, I think it'll be Firmino, and if Firmino isn't fit, then it'll be Origi. I'd have thought. Not by too tired with Sturridge. You mean too over the hill because he can't do it because he can't be that tired from the uh, six games he's played this season. Yeah, no, sorry. I mean, yeah, I mean he was only playing <laughs> Huddersfield on uh, on Friday, and like you say, having not played, he's uh, he was just he was just way off the pace. Um, yeah, perhaps tired's not the uh, the right word. Okay, sorry, so you mean you mean you mean off not not match fit? Sorry, I get what you mean. Yeah, um, he's um, yeah. I don't like. Sorry, just, just don't want to lambast Sturridge completely. I mean, he did, did come on and score the uh, the winner against Chelsea early in the season. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I think on on Friday, he just yeah, he just didn't look um, up to speed. No, he didn't. Um, yeah, he, he hasn't for a few seasons now. To be fair, um, and he, yeah, we should see if he, if he does get away this summer and tries to go somewhere. Mm. Uh, but at the other end of the pitch, you've uh, got. A, deal with one Lionel Messi perhaps the greatest footballer ever uh, Van Dijk has been getting plaudits left right and centre uh, but tests don't come any any harder than uh, Mr Messi uh, and at his uh, home stadium where he's scored how many goals it's, hundred, it's literally hundreds isn't it the mm. new camp um, will, will Liverpool be able to cope it's not a one man job of course although I'm sure the media will be building it up as Van Dijk be Messi but uh, if you do go for the uh, the Gagan press or whatever you call it is uh, are you not Risking leaving Messi to be able to get in between your lines behind and, uh, and cause havoc. Yeah, it is a risk. I don't think it'd be lovely. Um, it'd be Van Dijk that pick up uh, Messi though, because I think, like I say, Messi will drop drop in. Suarez will push on a bit. It'd probably be, I'd have thought, Van Dijk and Lovren between them picking up Suarez, and then asking Fabinho or possibly even Henderson, although he's like pushing Henderson forward a bit more uh, the last few weeks uh, to come and just sit on or try and sit on Messi. Um, 
yeah, it, it, Messi's obviously a massive threat. Yeah. Something like he scored, oh, I wish I had the stats in front of me now, <laughs> but he scored um, as many goals in the top, against the top six teams as, I think he's just a few shy of Aguero, but he's scored more than like most of the Premier League players uh, against the top six teams. And so obviously he only plays in Europe and he doesn't play them twice a season, every season, but but yeah, he's, uh, he's certainly high up there. Um, I'll have to try and dig out those uh, those stats for next week. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, th- I don't think it'll be... I wouldn't have thought it'd be Van Dijk that picks up Messi. Although Van Dijk would be very much the one that's covering and putting out fires. So he'll probably uh, clash with Messi several times. But he, Van Dijk played for Celtic uh, two years... Or maybe three years ago now. Uh, the new camp. And there's, there's kind of picked, well, clips of him going round there. And he was wandering around putting out fires rather than uh, rather than picking anyone up in particular and doing sort of last minute blocks um, which I think that's the kind of last ditch kind of tackling I imagine him doing and mopping up well that work at that leave potentially the, the likes of Matip or, or Lovren even on, on an island with Messi potentially doesn't he you say Suarez so Messi does play for his centre quite a lot as well and they do like to interchange and Messi definitely will have time on your centre backs and he will yeah, if, yeah. You, if, you, if you leave Van Dijk covering um, he's obviously yeah, physical specimen, but Messi does have a frightening burst of acceleration. If you leave one of, uh, if he does get in between your lines because you've you've pushed a bit high up and you then got Lovren on Messi, that's a that's a frightening thought. Yeah, no, sorry, I was I was saying put Lovren on. I was basically saying Van Dijk is a is a free man. Uh, put Lovren on Suarez uh, and have uh, Fabinho or Henderson just drop in on on Messi. Yeah, well, then you're probably not going up as lines though, are you? Then then you sort of try to leave one man back and you press. Well, new it, or are you just going to say the three well, the, three main boys just stay up regardless, and then your midfield box sits a bit deeper than usual, perhaps? Yeah, but we've also got really attacking fullbacks as well. Um, so we we've, they do love to. Yeah, true. We uh, with them two bombing forward, um, and they keep breaking records for assists at the minute. So with them two bombing forward, uh, I don't think there's a there's a bad thing of that. But the midfield is sitting a little bit deeper. Certainly, certainly one of them, maybe two of them, um, and then yeah, the front three boys. The two full-backs and, uh, and whoever's going to play the highest point of the midfield, probably Wignette and Genie. Um, yeah, kind of pushing on and, and doing that press. But I suppose, yeah, I suppose I, I think we, we probably put that press on hard for the first 20 minutes and then see what we've got and, and kind of then drop off, maybe. Um, I don't know. I don't get paid <laughs> to do these uh, tactical decisions and you can tell I'm uh, well at my depth, but... Uh, well, yeah, I no, no. I mean, I think your fallback point is valid though, because it it might come down to whether the uh, the likes of Robertson and Trent can push back, sort of the uh, you know the Coutinho, the Dembele, they, which one they play, uh, Suarez, mm. if he goes out in the wing for a while, uh, if they can push those sort of players back, or if um, you know the likes of Jordi Alba can make a bit of yeah. uh, bit of hay down your side, and then suddenly Trent can't bomb forward as much, and, and he's sort of left in a bit between, and then. Yeah, it's, it's, I suppose it's yeah. Who can get joy around down whose flank regularly, really? Mm. And um, if, if you're not able to get as many men in sport, then yeah, you've still got a, an excellent front three that could cause any defence problems. But um, yeah, as you saw on Friday, you're um, was it three three goals, Robertson and uh, yeah, Alexander for three free crosses in like this. They're not they're not bad. No, <laughs> they're no, doing very well. So, so um, but I think the Barca defence has reportedly uh, improved this season, so we shall see. Uh, mm. I'll go for a, a probably a Barca, something like a Barca two-one win. I think you will nick an away goal, and then a uh, very interesting centre Premfield. And the other tie tomorrow is uh, Spurs um, in their first uh, 
uh, semi-final since I think the Denny Branch Flower days um, <laughs> uh, against Ajax, the um, the upstart, uh, big surprise probably this season really. Mm-hmm. Almost, no one would expect Spurs to get there, but um, yeah, Ajax certainly quite shocking having dumped uh, Real Madrid and Juventus out in back-to-back rounds. Uh, mm-hmm. Spurs, a uh, very nice start for their new stadium, isn't it? About four four games in, they've got a Champions League semi-final to welcome them to, and uh, I know the fans have been talking about how many. Uh, Semi finals have been at the Emirates before, so they're um, yeah they're enjoying that. Um, but uh, yeah, Spurs, you'd, you'd think really need to um, to get a lead before they go back to uh, to Holland, don't they? Um, or do, do, it's two schools of thought, isn't it? First of all, you, you try and build up a, a lead uh, to hold on to when you when you go back to the second leg, or you, the worst thing is conceding an away goal. Uh, they do count for a bit more and. Um, if you look at Ajax, they put four past Madrid and three past Ajax, um, Juventus. So that, uh, when they were away, so uh, so yeah, is it would it not be more important to to keep a clean sheet? I think yeah, it, potentially. I suppose yeah, your two scores. Four, I suppose uh, Spurs would have been quite happy with a clean sheet against City, and then those away goals did help, didn't they? But they, they scored so many that <laughs> it became very interesting. And the one goal they scored at home did did help as well. So. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think Spurs are probably not as that solid a, a side that they wouldn't want to have a, a decent win here and then go back. And I think Ajax is, is sure going to be just excitable for uh, for the game as um, yeah as, as Spurs fans will be in their stadium as it's been quite some time since Ajax probably back in the nineties when they were winning it and they went mm-hmm. to the, they went they won it and they went to the final against Juve and lost, didn't they? So probably yeah. back then, I don't think they've been semi final since. So their fans will be just as excitable as, as all Spurs fans. Um, so I think Spurs probably want to go there with a tail up and see if they can, um, yeah, if they can take a two 0 lead in against you know quite a young side. Uh, yeah, or any lead really, I think would be good. But yeah, the, the away goals are so important. But yeah, I think Spurs. Well, if you're okay, then if you're a Spurs fan, what would you take now? Would you take a two one victory going to um, going back to the second leg, or would you uh, take a nil nil? No, I'll take two one. I think you um yeah, I think I think Spurs shouldn't you know, they just went to City and scored three goals, didn't they? I don't think they should be frightened about going to mm. Ajax. Uh, Ajax are a good side and I think yeah, any any lead you can get with an away goal I'd I'd still take. Um yeah, so I would take I'd take the two one. I can see the C point, but um I think Spurs yeah, I think uh, I think they probably will win something like that. Uh, it'd be a very good effort to keep them off the score sheet and I think Pochino probably will set up quite to be quite solid and then see if they can um, yeah, press themselves a bit as well, and then nick a goal from mm. uh, somewhere. Um, but yeah, very interesting. And uh, we're also later this week. We've got the uh, two Europa League semi-finals. Will it be uh, an all uh, an all English final in the Europa League? Do you think, Gareth? Uh, so I forgot to uh, forgot to look at this. I didn't realise this was happening. Um, <laughs> Arsenal, Arsenal with Valencia, and, uh, and then uh, uh, Arsenal at home to Valencia, and then Eintracht Frankfurt at home to Chelsea. So. Uh, yeah, it'd be Arsenal. Uh, we will Arsenal will be trying to do a Spurs, I guess, and Ch- Chelsea will be trying to do what Liverpool from what we just discussed. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Yeah, Arsenal, I, 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 I suppose Arsenal um, have been pretty horrendous away from home this season, apart from last leg in uh, last set round in the Champions League, where they managed to beat Napoli away, which was mm-hmm. probably probably their result of the season. Really, probably an underrated one. Probably didn't get that much press because they were already two 0 up, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Napoli against Carlo Ancelotti side. Uh, but I saw one Arsenal, heard one Arsenal fan say today that they uh, need to get Valencia for selling them Mustafi, which I quite enjoyed. Um, 
but yeah, you think with Arsenal's uh, away record, they do need to definitely um, probably put a couple past Valencia, really. And if it, if, if Valencia nick it away, goals Arsenal probably wouldn't need to win about 3 1, really. Mm. Um, but yeah, this, uh, yeah they, should, they should have hold no fears, and yeah. At least they're getting a semi-final of some sort in Europe. Um, well, it's probably Arsenal, I think, are concentrating on the Europa League as opposed to the league at the moment, aren't they? they uh, it appears so from the way they played Sunday. Um, well, three three losses on the bounce now, isn't it? Yeah, even with a slightly dodgy refereeing decision. But, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah, Sunday and last Wednesday, yeah, it's back-to-back 3-0 drop-ins, isn't it? Uh, 3-1, wasn't it? The, uh, both the Wolves. Yeah, 3-1, well, 3-1 was Wolves, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, the, Stapp has got a late one, um, but yeah, I think um, yeah, I'm going to back a, an All England uh, Europa League final. Uh, yeah, it could be an interesting one with both sides. Well, no one seems to want to qualify for the top for places three and four today in the league, so <laughs> uh, it could be it could be useful for them to go ahead and win it. Yeah, I think I think um, I think you definitely uh, I, th- I think it will be the two uh, English sides. I, th- I definitely think Chelsea will make it, and I, th- I think Arsenal will 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 do. Uh, like you say they've been better in. Um, Europe this season, so uh, yeah, they keep resting um, some of the some of the bigger players in the uh, in the league, so probably focusing on the Europa League, and it'll, it'll give it's probably their best chance of um, of Champions League for next season, isn't it? So it could well be. Uh, it's just a yeah, very odd race for the yeah with they well yeah with Spurs and Arsenal losing the weekend and United and Chelsea drawing. It's just yeah, it's a weird old race this year that no one seems that keen on. Mm. Winning uh, for the places three and four in the Premiership, so um, yeah, hard to know what to make of them really. But um, yeah, I think I think it's a yeah, it'll be good. And obviously, any chance you got to win a major competition, you should take it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of uh, big competitions, we'll uh, we'll drop down a, a division, Gareth, and um, we've now got the two sides uh, decided for uh, for a automatic promotion. Congrats to Norwich and Sheffield United, but that came after some some quite bizarre, crazy scenes at, uh, at in the Leeds Villa game, um, in which for those who haven't seen, uh, Leeds uh, well Villa player went down injured. Uh, Leeds uh, a player tried to kick the ball away, um, but he actually kicked it into path one of his teammates who <laughs> picked it up and decided to run and score with it. Uh, he then got shoved by a couple of Villa players and it led to. A, I wouldn't quite call it a brawl, but certainly a, a massive amount of handbags at 20 paces. Um, and then the Leeds manager, uh, Marcelo Bielsa, who is very famous for being um, all kinds of eccentric and, and a great football tactician, but, but quite mad. Uh, he instructed his players to uh, let Villa score, mm-hmm. um, making it one all, which it finished, and that confirmed Sheffield United's automatic promotion. Um, Gareth, was Bielsa stupid or, or was he fair? Um. I, I don't think I don't think it was stupid, but not because of this decision. I, I think um, Leeds were almost even if they won the game, it was very unlikely they were going to uh, overhaul Sheffield United's uh, points and, and goal difference tally. Um, so I think had this been had Leeds had a chance, a real chance of going up uh, this week, um, then I think it was just it would have been stupid. But because they were probably weren't going to go up anyway, it's good press for Bielsa after his Spygate issue uh, earlier in the season. Um, I think probably he probably endeared himself a little bit to the uh, or got, yeah endeared himself a bit to the, the football fan in, in England. Um, but yeah, it's it's a nonsense thing this uh, kicking the ball out when a player's injured. I think if the player's injured, if it's serious injury, the referee stops it or should stop it. And if he doesn't, well, you know that's 
let's let's slate the referee again because we quite like doing that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I, I hate it when if if my team kick the ball out because a player's injured, uh, especially when it, <laughs> it didn't happen in this case, but especially when the opposing team have a chance and they don't take it, and then the pressure's on for it's like an unwritten rule the uh, the team who who haven't got the player injured should kick it out. Oh, yeah, it's just rubbish. Like I say, the referee should stop it if it's that bad. Well, for quite some time now, it has been advised by the referee, so, uh, you know, association that you should uh, the rule makers, sorry, that you should play on unless the referee tells you otherwise, unless it's a head injury. But yet, players uh, still seem to have the sort of opinion of, of slowing the game down, and then the, the crowd starts whistling. They inevitably seem to kick it out. But yeah, they, they um, the, 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 the referees also advise: don't foul, please don't um, kick each other, please don't handball, please don't cheat. So they can take all their advice and do what they want with it, but. It's 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 just their that's their their thing to deal with, isn't it? They shouldn't it shouldn't be the responsibility of the players to um, to kick the ball out or stop play. It's that's up to the referee because nine times out of ten, anyway, the player's not injured anyway. It's just it's just gamesmanship. Yeah, uh, I, I can't disagree with. Really. I think uh, just saying really, the rules that they're they're sort of in place to to not stop the play. So mm. carry on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just in this in this case it was quite hard because I think he tried to kick out and just end up just sort of sending it to the corner and didn't quite make it and then it also had a bit unfortunate. Um, yeah, I mean you, you say that uh, if they were likely to overhaul Sheffield and and you're right they probably were but there was still a chance and then to do that uh, it's, it's very fair play of Bielsa I think but you just wonder if if they had um, yeah if they had won the game and then Sheffield slipped up it it could. Uh, you, you, you never know what could happen, do you? It's very unlikely, but um, still seems quite mad and very sporting of him to do, really. And I suppose he should be applauded for that after spying on people this season. I saw Frank Lampard was interviewed today, and he said it was just just the right thing to do and look fairly nonplussed when they tried to get him to say something nice about Bielsa. <laughs> well, I, I think I think we covered it earlier in the season, didn't we? But I, I didn't. We did, really, we did. There was no issue. I didn't think with the spying thing. I think that was just a, a load of a load of rubbish. It's been happening for years and years, and. In the age of YouTube and stuff, anyway, teams get spied on. That I just, yeah, just, I thought that was a potty argument, anyway. But, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think Bielsa, he's he's been clever because he's, you know, John Terry's jumping up and down on the sideline, and uh, he's uh, he's kind of done a what appears to be a sporting thing, but in reality, doesn't affect Leeds one I owe to. I don't think. Fair enough. Uh, which leads us uh, slightly onto our first barmaid. We've got a couple of barmaids this week, Gareth. It's, uh, Busy, busy regular crowd this yeah. week. But uh, the first one was from uh, Ian in Sheffield who uh, who asked who's uh, who's the more likely stay up of the two automatically promoted sides, Norwich or Sheffield United? They both come up to the Premiership next year. Who do you think? Uh, well, they might both stay there, but who do you think is more likely to stay there, Gareth? Um, I will go for Norwich. Um, not necessarily by much, but I think um, I think they've they've played. Uh, they seem to have got better and better this season. Uh, I suppose you could argue something similar on Sheffield United, but. Um, yeah, Norwich. Who, apparently, I was reading a good article about them in the Guardian today. They finished 14th in uh, last season, and the manager insisted on continuing playing the same way. And uh, although after a dodgy start to the season, they uh, they quickly picked up the points and uh, went on a 19-game run uh, unbeaten, or one loss in 19, I think it was actually. Uh, and yeah, they just played some exciting football. The the games, especially if you if you watch uh, Soccer Saturday and you. There's a few times I think where the uh, the games look like they're uh, dead and buried, or they 
they're coming towards an end with Norwich have lost or, or drawn and then some uh, some last minute goals uh, apparently there's been uh, 30 goals uh, after the 70 minute 75 minute mark this season for uh, for Norwich so exciting team um, yeah especially with the with the tractor boys going down the division uh, nice to see Norwich going up not that endear me to any uh, any Ipswich fans but um, but yeah and Norwich they've been in the Premiership quite a few times I know they dropped out a few as well but uh, yeah they're, I wouldn't quite say they're a Premiership team but it's nice to see them there it is, it is. Uh, but I'll, I'll go Chef you. Uh, I think you probably have to start with, with the manager who seems to have really revitalised that club. That's two promotions for the mighty Chris Wilder now. Mm -hmm. um, a Chef United uh, fan at heart and um, next player, I believe, once upon a time. Yeah. Uh, he seems to have really uh, galvanised the, the team and, and the fan base, really, and kind of put a whole new atmosphere around that club. Uh, you know which manager is the German lad, isn't it? Is it Falk? Yeah. Um, so you've yeah, just got, yeah. you, you want a Brexit. Uh, <laughs> you're in a Brexit campaign. You just gone for the British lad. Yeah, yeah. Fark will, Fark will be off to uh, when he gets off at the I don't know the Augsburg job or something. He'll be running <laughs> back to thing and Norwich will be in pieces. But not, not, not Chris Wilder. He'll be there back in his team. He's also managed to find some homegrown players. Actually, you know Billy Sharp, who uh, is in the team of the year and has been banging in the goals. It'd be interesting to see if he can translate that to the uh, Premiership uh, or if he's uh, you know one of the. The Darren Huckabees of this world. Yeah, I was going to uh, say. I think he's the eternal uh, Darren Huckabee, isn't he? <laughs> Seems to do really well in the uh, in the lower divisions. Yeah, well, uh, we'll, we'll see, and uh, hopefully, we'll be given a chance. I mean, this is the the age of battle. For all we can say here about whether it's Wilder or whether um, it's Norwich's uh, good run, it's uh, it's going to come down to who probably recruits a bit better this summer, and it's finding that balance, isn't it? Because you know, a load of cash coming in, it's finding the balance between signing some, making some good, solid Premiership signings, and making a load of signings that kind of completely throw the squad, you know, any sort of unity or squad mm. uh, harmony out and um, yeah, it becomes a bit of a weird mismatch but um, yeah, both are, both are going to have money to spend I'm sure and it'd be whoever spends it wiser really and I'll back Chris Wilder to uh, to carry on his uh, great form and see if he can uh, yeah, go for two promotions and then just a a lovely 17th I'm sure uh, Eddie Sheffield United fan will bite your hand off for currently. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. But yeah, congrats to both clubs. Nice um, seeing both in the Premiership. Just, uh, just, um, just one shout out. Just before we move on, one uh, shout out cool. to uh, a sort of a tweet today about an Ollie Norwood, uh, plays for Sheffield United. He's now been um, promoted from the Championship the last three seasons. Uh, he was promoted with Brighton, then Fulham, and now Sheffield United. So this um, is this, the lad who the eternal promotion lad. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it is impressive. Um, yeah. So it's not not bad at all. And Wilder himself has now been promoted. I think every league from the conference, hasn't he? Yeah, he's a ex Alfreton, Alfreton uh, Town, Alfreton from Derbyshire. So he's a ex Alfreton Town manager. Another, mm. I think he's at Northampton up as well. And uh, took someone up Oxford, from, I think. Was Oxford, and then yeah, he's taken up Sheffield United up twice. So yeah, the uh, yeah some club with some people who like to like to jump up the divisions. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see them both in the Premiership next season. Yeah, hopefully they both beat Liverpool. It's funny, we've just done a championship segment and we still haven't talked about your team. Oh, the right, Blackburn, we did get beat by Norwich <laughs> at the weekend uh, after getting battered by them for half an hour uh, when it could have been four or five. We uh, did manage to pull a goal back but then couldn't, couldn't do anything further really. And, um, we're, we're looking very solid for a mid-table finish which is a quite a nice boring season for Blackburn after um, yeah, a bit of up and down trials and tribulations of owners and promotions. That's oh, right. Eventually promotion last season, a couple of relegations, uh, the club looking like it was going bust. Mm. A nice, uh, fairly average, quiet season after promotion last year. Um, yeah, we were in 14th. Uh, good 
Good 19 points clear relegation. Uh, yeah, it's been, a, been very nice, just had a fairly <laughs> average season, really. And uh, I don't know what we're looking at. We're still in a significant amount of debt, but whether we'll have any money to spend this summer uh, and see if we can push for. I think we'll make promotion, might be a stretch, but a run out of playoffs might be nice. <laughs> well, if, if Norwich finished uh, 14th last year and then on top of the league, you know, who's to say Blackburn can't next season, eh? You never know, Gareth, and as you know, I'll be following up and down the country as I always do. Um, <laughs> you barely know when they play. Uh, well, might, might try to pop to a QPR game or something next year. <laughs> QPR. Um, yeah, you know, I might pop along. Um, but yeah, well played the Rovers for just having an average season. That, that's a lot of footy chat, Gareth, uh, but we do have other sports we follow, uh, such as boxing, uh, and while Andy Joshua asserts and scrambles for an opponent, um, the future of uh, the British heavyweights uh, after. Maybe after he goes, or maybe he'll end up fighting him one day. But uh, yeah, Daniel Dubois was uh, headlining on the BT Sport card on Saturday night. Um, won in, a, I suppose, reasonably impressive fashion in the, the fourth or fifth round mm. uh, um, against Richard Larty, the uh, Ghanaian who nearly got the fight, nearly got cancelled for visa issues when he come, came over. Um, it wasn't all playing for him, but he actually had a couple of moments where he, he got hit with some quite big shots and managed to run through him. Um, but yeah, he, he did come through, and he, every fight he's managed to knock someone out so far. But at the end of the fight, uh, well, it had already been announced pre-fight that he was potentially line up a fight against the other touted British heavyweight prospect, Joe Joyce, who was probably a more celebrated amateur, or was a more celebrated amateur than Dubois, hmm. and um, who is significantly older. I think Joyce is 32, so Dubois 23, something like that. Uh, yeah, Joyce had a long amateur career. It uh, looks like they should be fighting in July. Uh, any opinion on who wins, Gareth? The juggernaut, the destroyer? <laughs> um, yeah, I thought Dubai, he had a couple of uh, he, a couple of times he went toe-to-toe and, um, yeah, quite refreshing to see in the heavyweight division. Isn't it? Just uh, sort of 10 seconds of just proper launching uh, haymakers at each other, which was, uh, <laughs> was good fun to see. Um, and, yeah, he, he comes from a, um, a, a family of fighters. His sister's uh, doing quite well, isn't she? And I think he's got a brother as well. Um, so dynamite, not the destroyer. Oh, dynamite. dynamite, Daniel against dynamite against the juggernaut. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Joe Joyce has been like the uh, the kind of the, the less celebrated of the two, isn't it? Not, not that he hasn't um, he hasn't had a fair bit of publicity as well. But I think um, yeah, Dubois looks yeah looks kind of the, the package at the minute, does he? Um, yeah, it'd be an interesting test for both of them, I suppose, and it perhaps um, perhaps a bit of a a leap, um, a springboard for them to to find some uh, to to move up the division. Yeah, I mean Joyce is quite a weird one in that he, he started his career and then he uh, over here and then he, then he went to America for a while and then pretended to be Mexican for a small period, um, mm. walking around with a big sombrero onto his fights in America. Um, yeah, Joe Joyce doesn't sound the most Mexican name. I could be wrong, <laughs> um, and, and he is from South London, so I wasn't really sure what that was all about. But um, he seemed like he had some fun over there, but. He, He's back over here, and he, his last fight he did um, did beat Domain Stavern, who um, who was once a you know a world class <laughs> fighter, you know you know top ten heavyweight. He, he probably hasn't been for a while now, and he, he wasn't in great shape. And against Joyce, and I think he, he did take Joyce did take quite a long while to, to fight him. I think Joyce is probably the more um, the more active in the ring, and I think he probably will just try and march forward at the bar and. De Bois, De Bois, De Bois has mainly taken people out so far but I imagine Joyce will probably try and make it a bit rougher and, and closer in and probably try and um, smother De Bois a bit really and just see if he can outdo him with work rate mm. um, 
yeah, I mean, Joyce is uh, not Joyce is fair fisted or anything. He's uh, you know he's, he's won away of his fights by stoppage so far, but um, yeah, he more seems to be sort of one who, who sort of wears you down, whereas the bar probably has, has the greater one punch knockout power. But I think Joyce will probably try and make it a bit messy. And uh, I think he's. Um, the overall amateur experience might come through, and I reckon Joyce might make it a sort of a messy, a messy points win, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but whether it's the moments, but no, like you say, it is a an interesting fight, and could sort of be their version um, of well, I say their version of a Coley Chamberlain. Um, a Coley Chamberlain <laughs> at least did talk quite well, putting an awful fight on. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Um, <laughs> um, whereas Joyce and um, Tabara, if you watched uh, the, the interviews after, neither of them seemed like talkers. <laughs> um, but hopefully they can uh, yeah, get in there and do the ring and yeah it could be a yeah very good chance for them to sort of leap themselves into to that next level of being on the fringes of world title and yeah I mean as you see from Joshua's current struggles after a quite elite sort of uh, top four um, the next sort of group isn't great um, you've got mm. the likes of uh, Miller's going to be banned for a while Poop Pudev's going to be banned for uh, kissing women uh, without their consent, um, you know. <laughs> well, Park, Parker, <laughs> well, or not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Parker might get mixed up with Chisora. Um Yeah, Brazil will, will probably get you know flattened by uh, Wilder, and Joshua will flatten someone else on the fringes of top ten. Um, but, but the more uh, the more interesting fact that will perhaps come come more for um, the bar and. Um, the Joyce is the uh, is the Dave Allen and David Price uh, fight being announced. Uh, it's on the undercard of the uh, of the Dylan White fight in in July. Um, yeah, that, that's a, a potential tasty matchup, isn't it? I'm quite excited for that one. That's um, yeah. another one that could. Um, yeah, you probably uh, similar sort of thing. Really, I think Price does. By all accounts, anyone who sort of spar with David Price, he does seem to have incredibly heavy hands, um, and he has put a lot of people on the backside before. But he probably does have well publicised. Um, I don't want to say bottle issues, but there are some issues in the ring where it doesn't seem to be able to quite perform on the night. Mm. Uh, whereas Dave Allen, um, he's, he's he's gone from being just a lovable sort of fun character to actually putting in a, a string of good performances now, which was best highlighted by his last fight when he he, he decked Lucas Brown and finished mm. the fight with an absolute corking body counter body shot. Um, and he seems to be more serious about his fight. So I think David Price has has obviously got the power to put Allen out but um, if, if it gets dragged into a few rounds I thought although Price's last fight was very weird with him getting bitten I thought he was starting to look like he was flagging a bit so if Alan can survive the first few rounds and just keep his head down hmm. you wonder if um, if Price will like it in deep waters um, but I think the, yeah, the, I mean, they're, they're both very likeable though aren't they so um, it's, it's difficult to to pick a, a person you'd rather rather see win really yeah, I think because they've um, I say Dave Dave Allen's I mean they both overcome quite a lot in different ways I mean Dave Allen mm. seems to have come up with quite well publicised mental health issues that he struggles with and um, gambling addiction and and generally yeah seem, he comes across as a, a very jovial like lad but he, he seems that sort of seems to be a bit of a cover up for his demons inside that he mm. that he battles him and fair play to him for that and he, he seems to have really turned his career around and he's, he's another one who's lost uh, quite a lot of weight not quite a few or less levels but he has I think Alan's been there in about 19, 20 stone before in fights, and he's now coming in about, uh, I think, low 16. So uh, he's got himself a lot better shape. Whereas Price, has, uh, with, as you said before, when we talked about on a few occasions, he's been in there with multiple different drug cheats. Mm. Um, you know, Tony Thompson, who he fought, uh, got pinged in his second fight, and they t- he took an immediate rematch. Um, you know, you think if he 
if he hadn't lost that fight uh, or lost them two fights back to back where he might have gone and then he later on fought uh, an Erkin Tepper who got knocked out by who then got pinged for drug cheats and also got knocked out by Povetkin who was a past drug cheat so um, yeah Price has, has had a couple of people who actually probably probably were on drugs and he's then fought other people who were probably benefiting from drugs uh, <laughs> afterwards so um, and even when he, yeah even when he tries to get a bit of momentum in his career his last two fights Tom Little he was probably well beaten, but it probably got stopped a bit early. It's a bit controversial. And then the last fight, he was ahead mm. against Ali, and Ali starts biting him. So, mm. yeah, Price never seems to really be able to get any momentum in his career. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think, um, yeah, both interesting fights. And you could even say that the winners could fight each other, but they're on different promotions, aren't they? So, very unlikely. <laughs> um, but, yeah, not um, not a bad time. And if the, uh, if the two top British heavyweights could fight at some point soon, um, it, it really is quite an exciting scene at the minute. Best mm. has been... In quite some time, you've got youngsters, you've got a very solid uh, British level thing, and then you've got the world level operators too. And somewhere in the uh, middle is David, uh, Dylan White. Yeah, he's, well, he's, he's world level, isn't he? Just no one wants to fight him. I can understand why, but yeah, well, hopefully he'll uh, turn Oscar Rivas over and we'll could talk about that nearer the time. Uh, but no, exciting times in the uh, heavyweight division. Mm. Speaking of exciting, Gareth, it is the World Snooker Championship at the minute, and we are. Uh, still got a bit of few of the second round games to go, but most of the quarterfinals are, are sorting themselves out. We are moving into the business end of the tournament. Um, from what you've watched and seen so far, any any burning favourite you think can uh, take all the glory? Um, I think it'd be interesting to see. So, so Mark Williams went out, didn't he? And Selby went out. They both went out um, in quick succession. Um, which is uh, this point for me. I do like Mark Williams, but um, but yeah, I think the, it'd be interesting to see who wins out of uh, out of Trump and uh, Ding. Um, I think that's where I think Trump is. Is I think he's uh, currently eleven nine up. Um, so best of thirteen. I, th- I think the winner probably comes from from one of them too. Uh, it's been good to see Gary Wilson continue to progress, and uh, he plays Ali Carter in the next round. Um, David Gilbert, the uh, the winner of, who beat Williams, uh, he plays Kieran Wilson, uh, another Englishman. Um, yeah, I saw um, saw Wilson the this afternoon. He um, it was eleven all, and then he very impressively uh, put back to back centuries to beat uh, to beat uh, was it Barry Hawkins? Um, so that was quite impressive, and yeah, that looks like a and uh, yeah, you're going to get a new a new semi finalist out of them two, I think, aren't you? Yeah. Um, but you don't think the winner more likely comes from well, I say more likely. If you think that Higgins beats Bingham and he lost on who was nine eight up on Bingham. The winner of that match plays uh, Neil Robertson, who's cruised through fairly easy so far. You don't think the winner comes from that tie, perhaps? Yeah, it could be. Um, I, I, I just think, uh, I, I probably think Judge Trump's going to win. <laughs> it's probably what it boils down to. Um, but yeah, no, there, are, there are still some uh, some decent match matchups in there. and um, Yeah, it'd be, it could be, uh, could be a new winner. Um, yeah, who, who's your favourite then? Uh, it pains me to back an Aussie uh, in anything, but yeah, Robertson looks quite impressive, mm-hmm. and, he, and he's been there before, hasn't he? Uh, if if he got John Higgins, uh, I feel like Higgins might be able to cause him some problems, but yeah, probably Robertson at the minute. I mean, I, I, I like Trump too, and he's um, he's had long had the talent to do better, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. But um, to be fair, we've not mentioned Stephen Maguire yet, the other quarterfinalist, and he's, he's come through into to absolute nail bites so far. When his first match ten nine, and then beat um, the. Yeah, the surprise package of the tournament, James Cale, 13-12, it was a yeah, real back-and-forth battle, wasn't it? Um, it was, but it, I, there wasn't... I, I would, if I was being harsh, I'd say um, 
was a great quality for Maguire. I think he let um, let Cahill back in quite a few times. Um, and yeah, if, if the first first couple of rounds go on, go on, I'd say that Maguire's um, not not hitting the form, but maybe that's uh, part of it, and it's just the momentum of getting through. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think Maguire will progress much further. Yeah, you wonder he's um, he's not quite the level he used to be about world number three in the world, didn't he? He's about number he's in the sort of mid mid teens now, isn't he? Mm. Um, probably hit the height, but he, he's probably always been that player who never has quite put it together at the tournament. You wonder just if now. He seems like he's probably on downstream every might, but um, yeah, I'm sure happily, hopefully watch Trump and uh, Ding take lumps out of each other tonight. I think, I think Ding is an interesting one in that he's another one who's great to watch when he's in on song, um, but never seems quite put together at the crucible. Does he? I think semi-finals his best result so far, and that was a little while back. So um, yeah, you wonder if Ding could could turn Trump over, mm. uh, but 11-9 seems Trump's got the advantage. But yeah. I'll, Begrudgingly pick Neil Robertson uh, and hope I'm wrong. You, you talked about uh, Ding being on song there, uh, John. I think that leads us nicely what? into the uh, the second barmaid question uh, that we had this week. Um, nicely done, Gareth. Nicely done. A beautiful segue. Um, and yes, we have we have a second uh, barmaid. And I think our first uh, first female barmaid, isn't it, Gareth? Uh, second, I think. I think we had one. Um, yeah, we did. We definitely had one about the sports personality. I told you that we did have Anna from Wales. I apologise, Anna. Uh, if you're listening, but yes, uh, the female relationship is is growing and uh, growing. But uh, yes, our uh, second barmaid is Lorraine from Derbyshire, who was asked uh, if you were in the Snooker World Championship, uh, what would be your walk-on music? Uh, and we uh, just before you go, Gareth, uh, as, as tempting as it would be to say Snooker Loopy, we'll have to rule out the uh, date of the Chas and Dave Classic uh, from the 80s and uh, yeah, pick a different song, please. Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? You know, you don't want. Um, I think when we when we sort of like thought about this, it's not it's not a boxing match. You don't want to. You're not going to come and smash up your opponent. Uh, well, maybe you are, but um, but hopefully not with uh, anything physical. Uh, so I think I've gone for um, the True Colours from Cindy Lauper. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, see having your true colours shine through, and that's what I love about you. I think uh, yeah, it says everything you want about uh, a nice, nice game of snooker. Uh, that, that that is yeah, touching. Uh, I think um, you went to the cruise where so you allowed to put your lighters up in the air <laughs> as people come out and sort of, sort of sway with uh, the, the lovely music. Yeah, why or, not? Um, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, in a different way. Like, I, like the same as you. I, I kind of uh, I thought about this for a, a boxing fight before. I thought something that you want to come in really pumped up. Um, I feel like Snooker you probably couldn't quite do uh, like a you know a Rage Against the Machine or Metallica type thing but uh, I did think something like a, a Chumba Wumper Tup Pumping um, <laughs> would would be a good fun one to come out to and uh, would have the massive singing you know a slight aggression to it but not like you like you say you're going to smash someone up so I think I'd, I'd come out to that 90s classic uh, Tup Pumping by Chumba Wumper yeah get, get the whole uh, crowd going yes it would uh, bounce <laughs> around after after your uh, True Colours one yeah <laughs> A bit emotional, ready to cry. You know, let's let's take the average spectrum of emotions and uh, yeah. And um, and to be fair, any crowd watching me and you play snooker would need a lot of help. And um, <laughs> they would be intense. Yeah, yeah, the entrance would be the highlight, and that would be all bit downhill after that. <laughs> and we did have a bonus non-sport question this week, Gareth. And I was going to uh, ask you uh, about line of duty and who the hell you think H is. But, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> you've, not, you've not seen last night's episode, so uh, I'm probably going to end up spoiling it for you. So. If yeah. you could, uh, get get watching uh, Line of Duty for uh, next weekend, and then in next week's podcast, we can perhaps discuss the end of the series and uh, 
work out who H is because uh, apparently there is going to be a Series 6 tariff, so we're uh, oh. probably not going to find out who, uh, who H is just yet, unfortunately. Right, well, I'll, I'll look forward to uh, discussing that with you on the uh, sporting podcast that we do next week. <laughs> yes, um, but in the meantime, enjoy your bank holiday weekend, Gareth. Uh, hopefully, uh, City keep up the good uh, good work in the Premiership, and uh, yeah, you get turned over by Barca quite badly in uh, Europe. <laughs> well, hopefully, Mares, uh, you know, the whole Mares issue is a, a problem for Leicester, and Brendan Rodgers uh, regrets uh, not leading us to the title um, that time. So, yeah, I'm hoping for a Leicester uh, Leicester upset, but. We'll have to see. We shall, we shall. Uh, well, thank you all for listening, and we'll uh, catch you next week. Yep, yeah, thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers.